Yo, Joburg, everybody, it's time to get hardcore. In 236, on the back of our Tiger Force appreciation episode last week, we are going to flip the focus to another sub team, perhaps even less requested than Tiger Force, and that is G.I. Joe's generic, immortal, perennial accompaniment in the Toy Isles. None other than the call international heroes my name is steve <laughs> and i'm on a special mission i'm joined by paul deadly pencils whispering willy <laughs> and a loving scoop full of rob hey robbie hey hey eagle eye dan here ready to take on them cursed bastards the call guys i mean Perhaps it had to be done eventually. Uh, as Joe diehard fans, sometimes these guys can be a bit of a dirty word. But I must admit, I've always held a bit of a fascination with them and kind of flitted with buying them and collecting them from time to time. And I think it's about time G.I. Joe Book did a deep dive. So, like, all three core, <laughs> core fans out there who listen to our stuff are applauding loudly. And everyone else is rolling their eyes as hard as possible. Yeah, there's like, there's got to be at least one guy out there that goes, Yeah! Core! G.I. Joe sucks! Core's where it's at! <laughs> and I think I could probably name them by name. But I have a few fun stories to share about my experiences with the Core. And I'm pretty sure you guys do as well. But before we start with that, I'd just like to shout out the fact that there is no yojo.com for the Core. There are some ramshackle sites and none of them very good at all. So in doing research for this episode, we've relied very heavily on the bloggers out there. Dragon Fortress, Forgotten Figures, Joe Day, and a blog that I hadn't experienced before by the name of toysfromthepast.blogspot.com. Hey, Fidel. <laughs> the details to these blogs will be in the description to this, this video slash podcast and come on guys get active stop being a passive absorber of your entertainment read something and i could not recommend these particular blogs more highly so if you feel like working for your entertainment for a change scroll on down and go to town <laughs> but anyways guys another week has passed Going around the mic, how are you fellas? Have you got new shit? What's rocking in your worlds? Rob, that snort sounded like you wanted to say something. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. No, I was just, just dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I You're right, dying. I, su I survived another week. I'm still around. The weather is is, is a little bit better here. Um, we have been experiencing low churning again. They decided, yeah, course, I don't know, maybe. randomly, that apparently we need that again. Um, Africa, baby. Hey, shit happens. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I think it's been a pretty, pretty decent week. Uh, it's been staying ahead, staying ahead, getting getting places. And we have a new shipment, so I'm looking forward to putting that out in the, the coming week. So all the cards will the get their paper stuff. or a little bit of plastic? Uh, it's mainly just paper, unfortunately. Um, you don't get as many figures and things as we used to. Nice. Uh, it's very Lovely. sad. Yeah, I, I don't know uh, what it is. It's just not as many action figure fans as there used to be, at least in the, the new generation of people. They're more well, into global their, their shipping increases have kind of priced people out. That's probably what it is. I mean, if I look at the pricing of figures, even from a couple of years ago when we used to get figures in, it was hugely expensive. 
I mean, five, mm -hmm. six hundred rand for a, an action figure. Mm, um, that's about forty, fifty dollars. Exactly. It's yeah. just like what for a really basic like Batman or or whatever, and it's just it's not even it's nothing special necessarily. It's just that's a bargain basement normal action figure that you can get that isn't a, a toy for kids. So yeah, yeah. I mean, also, it is be, one of these. To be fair, I mean, with uh, the pandemic and and lockdowns and all that funky stuff, uh, a lot of people have taken to places like uh, well, Facebook Marketplace for the I don't know, I suppose thirties uh, and up. Um, but then a lot of these sort of toy channels have been opening where guys have been either auctioning stuff off, um, doing sort of WhatsApp markets. You know, social media has really become its own sort of uh, flea market for toys. And I think that's also sort of maybe affected you guys as well. Um, because I see, I see a very, you know, booming figure side of things when I'm on Facebook. I see guys selling toys all the time, you know, whether it be Ultimate TMNT or Black Series Star Wars stuff or whatever, you know. But yes, it is going for the prices that you mentioned, like 600 Rand upwards, you know. And then you, know, you only need to go to your local uh, toy kingdom to find Marvel Legends uh, fetching prices that are just shy of 800 Rand. So you can Oof. have your very own Red Ninja or whatever they call them uh, in that line. Well, hang on, Paul, Paul, back that up. 800 mm. Rand for a basic Marvel Legends, not like a deluxe, yes. like a Thanos. Oh my goodness. No, no, no. Like the Red, the, the Red Ninja, for example, uh, 799 Rands. Mm. It's about 60 US. My goodness. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That's like double the price, uh, three times the price of what they go for in the States. I mean, I think in the States they're $22, $23, something like that. Mm. So it's about three times the price. Okay. Anyways, well, let's, so let's, let's stop this lament. I, I mean, I, I agree. <laughs> Facebook and other kind of marketplaces are the way forward. Just last night, I watched the most epic uh, AFI, Action Figures Industries um, auction, G.I. Joe Vintage Vehicles Auction over 100 Ooh, vehicles over the course wow. of four four hours it was intense man the guy running the auction nicholas is insane like Do to be doing been? like i would i would be i would be destroyed after one of those it's a marathon it's a marathon to watch but just imagine like having to jockey vehicles on this table jot down pricings and who won what and stay on top of like parts bags oh man mental he works hard but for that money it's 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 certainly a booming place to get your toys and for the for the for the for the moment at least facebook has no fees but i'm pretty sure they'll get hip to it soon and it'll start cramping down on sellers like ebay um mm. has so uh, Holding thumbs That's that uh, those days don't come too soon. But I'd like to shout out the Berg Force who are present in the audience at the moment. We got Tim, we got Mark, we got Darren, we got Snowcat Ron. Thanks for joining us, guys. If you would like to join, it will cost you the princely sum of three dollary dues every month uh, in Patreon. If you'd like to be um, part of the Berg Force and listen to these episodes live or catch them uh, on repeat immediately after they've been recorded <laughs> so no waiting around for your your hit of gi joe Berg. but alternatively just listen to us as you've been doing thank you very much for your support and so, i'm super curious oh sorry steve 
<laughs> oh, I'm super curious nah. what you're super curious about. I was, I was going to say, so after watching uh, this big toy auction and all that stuff, have you acquired, have you got any new, cool new toys in your life uh, in the last week <laughs> since we saw you last? Or... You asshole. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I am so very particular about what I buy and when. Um, that on top of the fact that I'm extremely thrifty and being a house husband, I don't have much in the way of cash flow. So I'm pretty guarded about when I I splurge. And no, I, I, I refrained. I, I watched but didn't participate, Paul. Which gets oh, embarrassing okay. because like people kind of bump you in the, the chat thread. They're like, Stephen, weren't you after this? And I'm like, mm, just just looking. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but that said, I, I did um hey, I got some tax money back. Uh, the the Australian tax office uh, decided that that they were going to give me back all my tax uh less a little um i suppose fine for doing it late hey man i'm new in town kim doesn't tell me these things so i filed late and they docked me some money but anyways i got some bucks and uh decided to treat myself to a few things which i won't be seeing very soon but that's fine they're out there coming yay and, uh, <laughs> paul what did you get Ooh, me, 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 me. Um, I got something quite cool. I'm going to start with the uh, the only non-toy um, thing here. Uh, this was on special. It's a Sega Saturn controller. It was on special mm -hmm. on an online store. But this is a special Sega Saturn controller. It's a retro-bit controller. Um, it's designed, uh, it's got a USB cable. It's designed to plug into your PlayStation or your PC or your mini consoles. And it's just really awesome because this is, in my opinion, the best retro games controller uh Ooh. because you got the six face buttons which makes it perfect for old school fighting games or for, actually for any fighting games which is great because now i can play street fighter uh, 5 properly on my ps4 again which makes me happy and it's got the best d-pad ever made on a controller and yeah so i scored this for a very very minuscule sum of 350 rand which made me very happy these usually retail for about 20 dollars <laughs> well no, actually well a little more i mean i think in the states they go for about 24 dollars, but i mean here realistically you expect with everybody putting on their slapping on their shipping and and all the stuff that they need to do you normally pick them up for about six seven hundred rand so i was very happy to pick this up for 350 rand it felt like i bought a new controller in the late 90s because that's how much they cost in the late 90s as well so that made me very happy i know because i used to sling these uh, from behind the counter and so, yes, yeah, so I can enjoy some retro gaming goodness. Sounds violent. Um, yeah, no, we do. Yeah, we take the game. Game retail is, is a dangerous this thing. This was for you. <laughs> and then uh, from a local seller, I may have mentioned this last weekend, but I got, I did get something that's G.I. Joe-ish. <laughs> oh, yes. I got Tiger Uppercut. Hey. hey, sorry. I just realized how out of focus the photo is, but the Tiger behind is really nice. I got the gut from the Street Fighter line, the the GI Joe Street Fighter line. Uh, I used to have this the as best a kid. Figure. Oh, he's so great! He's all he is new so... parts, isn't he? Yeah, and he's got them big ass arms, and he's so he's cool. Huge. He's jeez. Yeah, he's he's a lot of fun, and so gut is such a great character in Street Fighter. You know, he's he's um, the second last boss that you fight, and he and I don't know for some reason they just used to cheap him and make him super cheap and he was just hard to beat and uh, anyway so that's great <laughs> and he's got a history Good. with ryu which is always cool like like a yeah. lot of the fighters in street fighter feel like they're very isolated with uh, isolated from one another 
which would make sense. Mm. They come from all corners of the globe. But Japan. the fact that these guys have backstory, it's like, this is a fighting game, and your characters have backstory? This is, this is new. Harder <laughs> 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 <Tiger> uppercut. <laughs> uh, exactly, man. It's cool that they have that. And then I picked up this guy, and I must be honest, I didn't think much of this. Um, I mean, I was excited to get the what character it, and the toy, but I didn't think much of this. And it's Ken from the Street Fighter line. But wait, kids, Whoa. there's a twist. When I saw this listed, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to grab this Ken because it's just great. I should grab some of these Street Fighter figures. I'm a Street Fighter fan. I liked the toys when I was a kid. And it'd just be cool to have some of them now. And they were super cheap. And then when I showed it to, to Steven and Rob in the group, uh, Steve commented on, oh, movie Street Fighter um, Ken. And I was like, what? I, didn't, I, forgot, I completely forgot there was a difference. I completely forgot that they had done Ryu and Ken in the line, but I had actually had like Storm Shadow's body and didn't have um, exposed and arms. Yeah, Slice oh, yeah, sorry, for Ryu and Storm yeah. Shadow for Ken. Mm. That's correct, yes. Sorry, mm. man. Um, but that was even... That was Don't apologize, Paul. Just get it right. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm very happy to have this. Uh, he's got a face only a mother could love. Um, and it does look a lot like a train's hit it. But uh, that's not... Bro, the you take of the fireballs to the face and see how, how pretty you're looking. No, but I, it's just that's... I mean, Ken is supposed to be this good-looking character in Street Fighter. And here he's all like... <laughs> it, just, it looks like I don't know. I, it it's looks Lou like Ferrigno as you need to paint him green, and he'll be the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, he's just burning all the way here. He's just like <laughs> anyway. So um, yeah, that that was a nice bonus, um, and I quite dig his action feature because if you want to be creative, it's also a kicking feature. I don't know if it's meant to be a oh. kicking feature or a punching feature, but it's kind of both for me. Is <laughs> so, it um, a so waist twist? Yes, yeah. Okay. So you hold the waist and let it go and then you can like unleash a bitch slap. Boom. Or you can unleash a really cool roundhouse kick. And that has been the new acquisitions for my week, which I'm very, very excited about. And I have got a small little something on its way from Cape Town, uh, from Withers Amusements, actually, um, which I, I'm excited uh, to talk about next week. And um, yeah, that's me for, for new t toys and new stuff. And hello again. <laughs> Well, uh, unless, Rob, you got something uh, new kicking around, I think we'll shift the focus onto what we're reading, watching, or playing. And I'll kick us off by saying uh, the thing about having a partner, spouse, whatever, is you wind up watching shows that you never would have watched on your own. <laughs> hey, hey, isn't that funny? And I, I can safely say that my life is not enriched by these shows whatsoever. So like all of you, all of you singletons out there who are like, well, I want to watch something with my, with my significant other. Wish I had one. You're not missing out on anything in that respect. <laughs> so, to that end, I, I was forced to see Red Notice, which was a thing. Oh God. And Encanto, which is lovely. Oh, it's cool. Encanto. Lovely film. Awesome. Yeah. But, you know, once again, two two movies that I never would have watched on my own Steam. Uh, and Red Notice, oh, like, it's okay. It, this is this is the new thing. Like, like big A-list stars appearing in Netflix movies, basically playing themselves. Like, just showing up for a, a paycheck. And that's mm. fine, because their combined 
appeal and combined audiences will guarantee this being a hit and guarantee it making lots of money, streaming money and getting a sequel. But, and it's direct. And another Wait, observation. That's, that's the one with Gal Gadot and The Rock and... And Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. I yeah. watched that, yeah. It's, 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 it's absolutely forgettable. <laughs> okay, okay. It is, well, it is so bland. Is it yeah. weird or not that, that they make Ryan Reynolds do parkour? I mean, obviously he's got a running double who does all of like the, the crazy tricks and acrobatics and stuff, but it's so incongruous. I'm like, we know who this guy is. He's not an unknown. He's Ryan motherfucking Reynolds. Okay. Like we know that he's not doing backflips and like jumping through like narrow apertures, diving and rolling and running up walls and stuff. So it's, it always pulls me out, particularly when you've got a guy not doing anything transformative. He's literally like, throwing Ryan Reynolds-esque one-liners and wisecracking and chirping. He's he's Deadpool without the scarring. He is playing himself. Merc with a mouth and all. Um, and so that, that breaks me out. The other thing that breaks me out is like, I can't deal with The Rock being <laughs> in any way romantic. Like, if I see him kiss a woman, I'm like, that's not what Dwayne yeah. Johnson does. Like, it's just, uh, it doesn't, doesn't look right. I don't want to Can see you him see kissing who anyone. the rock is kissing? It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> Anyways, I, I loved Encanto uh, <laughs> out the corner of my eye while I was actually paying more attention to the AFI auction. Uh, yeah. And, oh, and Book of Boba Fett. Guys, guys, guys. Disney keeps pushing the boundaries, or Disney Lucasfilm, keeps pushing the boundaries on what the technology can do, uh, you know, what visual effects can do, but at the same time, pushing the boundaries on what an audience can tolerate, what an audience can stomach. So enough said. I, I, I'm out. I mean, it just, I, I don't have a strong enough stomach to, <laughs> to watch what visions they have uh, created in that show. It's um, it's very. Oh, so did you did you did you book before episode six or you got, or you? No, I episode to... six. Oh, okay, episode six is the one of the huge um, CGI. Unfortunately, Ooh. it's been spoiled for me, but I don't want to spoil it for other people. But um, okay, mm. well, yeah, I I'm I I just do not have a strong enough stomach to to watch what they are doing. Oh, uh, it's 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 difficult for me, and. Talk about the the rock kissing someone breaking out of a scene. Well, let me tell you, Lucasfilm, they they snap my neck, man. I can't, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't, I can't watch this. I have to walk away. I'm like, oh, gross. What episode to go? You might as well just finish it, dude. <laughs> I will. I will. Yeah, I will throw up. <laughs> habitually repeatedly in my mouth but i'll i'll, I'll suffer through it Whew, not a lot of boba fett in this uh, book of boba fett eh? <laughs> hmm. I, anyways I, I think it's is it joe slepsky that posted that the other day um he's like oh yeah how's this for how's this for a novel idea like a boba sh uh, fett show that's actually about boba fett like Something to that well, I might have said it on on last week's episode, and I might have said it in confidence to you, Paul. But you know, taken purely abstractly, when they announced the Mandalorian TV show, I was like, "No, 
who is this imposter wearing Boba Fett's armor? Like, I want to see stories about Boba Fett. Don't give me Boba Fett light, some other character that I have to invest myself into. Well, guess what? Now they're giving us Boba Fett, and I'm like, oh, please, 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 give me Mando. Give us the other please. guy. <laughs> give us the other guy. Give me this the other guy back, please. This, this shadow of a Boba Fett is so... Uh, anyways, I, I'm going to obviously develop um, maybe some 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 ire in the listenership for, for having such a strong opinion on the show because, you know, there are punters on both sides of the fence. Mm. Um, but, no, it's not for me, man. Boba Fett needs well, to the be thing is, ruthless. Like, well, I, 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 I will, was, um, I'll say that with everything that you've said about Boba Fett, I've never once gotten this feeling that you're trying to convince uh, Rob, myself, or the listeners not to watch it. You know, it's just your opinion. You know what I mean? Like, so if you don't like it, you don't like it. You know what I mean? So like, that's the cool thing. Like, you know, you're not sitting here going, guys, <laughs> like, don't watch Boba Fett, eh? Because it's like, lank cuck, dude. <laughs> you know, like, just, just Well, don't. episode five did deliver a sequence that, as a standalone is well worth watching over and over and over again. It's just, it's super cool. Like I have no shame in admitting that my favorite Star Wars character is the Millennium Falcon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's now canonical that it is in fact a character because it's got a sentient mind. We know that thanks to Solo <laughs> and a throwaway line in the Empire Strikes Back uh, where C-3PO is trying to communicate with the, the, the Falcon. Uh, and it's got the most primitive dialect or something like that or crude crude dialect whatever he says um but anyways i i, I my favorite gi joe character i think is the tomahawk and my favorite star wars character is the millennium falcon so give me the spaceships and mm. you've won me over and that's what episode five did in uh, the book of man i mean boba fett <laughs> <laughs> okay Rob please shift the yeah. focus away from me <clears throat> rob what so, have you been checking up man so i yeah. watched well I've, I've kind of kept going uh, i took a break but i'm back into brooklyn 99 i'm on season six nine nine it's it's still pretty good it, it can get some episodes get a bit preachy i feel i don't know um but otherwise in general the comedy is still absolutely fantastic mm -hmm. and i started a new show i tried the first episode it's called murderville and it stars oh, God, that looks great and basically each episode the way if the way i understand is they get a guest star on and they're basically playing themselves you know they're, they're playing the actor whoever they are so the first episode is conan o'brien and and they have to solve the murder of, of who, who gets killed but they don't have the script so they basically go from you know one set to the next um you know and taking in the information that's given to them by the actors and the, the characters as they um uh, you know, improv their way through the, through the story. And it was actually pretty good. The first episode, I thought, I think it'll pro I mean, Will Arnett is always absolutely fantastic, but I think yeah. it will live or die on whoever the guest of that specific episode is. And Conan O'Brien was, was actually pretty good. I thought, um, so I'll probably, I'll probably keep going with that. And I also watched archive 81, which is uh -huh. about a, it's really good so far. I'm like three episodes in um it's pretty scary i mean like i usually don't get scared from stuff on television but i mean like there were times when i just had to like maximize the window while i was doing something else to, <laughs> to actually watch the the scene um and it's pretty good it's about a, an, a film archivist who gets hired to restore videotapes from a burned building from the 80s and 
sort of the stuff that he discovers as he goes along um, viewing these tapes and how there's like weird, maybe supernatural stuff going down and there's more to it than, than he realizes. And yeah, I think I'm not a horror also, guy, but that sounds rad. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, for most of the time, I mean, they have to, well, they feel they have to. So it's not just him watching the videos. So they don't just have the videotape the way it looked in the eighties. Unfortunately, they, they kind of film the scenes. So, mm -hmm. you know, so the, you know, the videotape is going and he's watching it. And so what he's seeing is from the videotape's perspective, but they, yeah. they still have to, they feel they have to film the entire scene. So you can kind of see it, you know, from, from normal, yeah. normal, like yeah. film angles. I mean, I would have preferred it if they'd kind of stuck completely with that, that point of view of the camera because it kind of makes it more claustrophobic and you would only know what is seen through the lens. Um, mm. Oh, boo, you've lost me now. Yeah, yeah, no. I know that. That's the thing. I mean, I would have preferred that if if it's if you know it's, it, that's the screen when he watches the films, that's what he sees. But they don't. They kind of they film the, the scene like they would normally. But the camera is ah. like in the middle, middle on the table. Come on, TV producers, <laughs> like give your audience a little bit more credit. Commit. Yeah, like commit, commit to, to the it. concept. Exactly. That that's the bit. He's restoring the stuff. The information he's getting should be exclusively from the video that he is viewing. Mm -hmm. um but i mean i think the story is fascinating enough that i want to keep going i want to keep seeing you know what, what happens next um so despite them kind of like dropping the ball on the, on the concept itself i i will keep going so that's what i've been watching nice paul what are you doing any more I've gundam been... this week oh yeah no this has been a very gundam week um, not, not <laughs> from anime but uh just for for the online store that i've got here locally but uh, what have I been watching? I've been watching a lot of Joe Mauler's videos. Um, ah, yeah. glad you glad you raised it. Yeah, the 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 ones about the retro Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow in particular. <laughs> yeah. Joe Mauler or Mauler Joe Works. Oh wow! Uh, awesome human being. On on YouTube is doing doing the Lord's work in terms of chronicling the difference between the retro o-ring 2022 snake uh, storm shadow and the vintage and it's flabbergasting like i mean it, from the ground up this is a brand new figure the plastic is more pliable has a lot of give to it hopefully is less likely to break as a result the white is blindingly white like even when compared to a reasonably um you know unworn 84 storm shadow it's it's a lot whiter um there is paint over the rivets which he's actually he's actually gone and removed the original rivets and put in his own because mm. he likes the 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 look of the the metal showing through and i don't blame him so do i um yeah man i suggest anyone curious or sitting the fence on getting these figures um check out his videos if you want if you want all your questions answered but there've been a number of um, of mates who've who've showcased the the differences. Uh, I'll shout out my man Gary V. Thanks very much for your posts. Um, yeah, there's great information abound, and people are loving these figures, man. Which bodes well for uh, the future of this retro O-ring line. Will it last Probably. just the 40th anniversary year, or will it be something that is here to stay? Uh, I know McDowan did a video, and he. He reasons that it will be done by the end of the year, and then we'll be back to hopefully the um, 
the modern era style retro collection. But I don't know, man. I think I think this wave might continue. What do you think, Paul? I yeah. See, I, I you know I, I I'm not seeing the overwhelming, the exciting uh, a response from fans that I thought I would see with regards to it. Um, what you know you've got people going yeah, crazy. I don't know. I'm just I'm not feeling that from people. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something. Um, but I'm I'm hoping that that you know like your response is telling me that maybe I'm not reading that uh, side of the, of the Joe verse uh, fan verse well enough, um, which is a good thing. Uh, because I would like them, I'd like them to go um, uh, on with with more waves, definitely, and and to bring us a lot more figures. Be cool to see some other characters. Uh, uh, a part of me thinks that they are going to carry it on um, in typical Hasbro style. They might, uh, you know, do a few, go quiet, then do a few more, and. You know when when the chips are down or whatever they might be like oh wait hold on fans we recognize you here's some more retro figures <laughs> retro <laughs> ring figures but let's see um you know time will tell on that one i don't want to speculate too hard um another thing sorry just uh and you mentioned uh gary v uh he recently put out a very cool unboxing of the i always will always know it as the pogo but it's the the star brigade pogo the cool the invader the invade, uh, Invader, yes. And that was a lot of fun to watch. I enjoyed that. So if you guys haven't checked it out yet, go and check it out. Um, but yeah, coming back to the retro lines, I, I'm waiting for mine. Uh, I did order a, a set. They're on their way to uh, a friend <laughs> who will forward them to me as soon as he gets them. And yeah, and I'm dying. I'm really dying to get my hands on them and, and to give my two cents. But I got to say, Joe Mauler works. You have helped answer a lot of questions. Uh, that mm. I had. For instance, uh, I, I find it very interesting that the torso halves have swapped the, the guiding pegs. Mm. So you can't take the front half of a new retro O-ring figure's torso <laughs> and marry it with the back half of an old school figure because mm. they'll both either be male or female. Like, you know, that you won't get them to, to mate. <laughs> Do you think that that was done on purpose though? to just like, stop us well they could have they could have done other yes yeah i think so I, absolutely yeah yeah because to maintain the integrity I, I, of the the piece i mean w what reason would it be otherwise yeah i just i also like with the backpacks like not fitting i also feel like that's kind of hasbro trying to um stop the whole deluge of these things uh going into the secondary market and being sort of sold as vintage you know, as as as, uh, as like yeah, accessories, look, especially in the case of accessories, they definitely wouldn't pass the touch test because they have got mm. a rubberiness throughout, I believe, um, and a kind of a more matte finish than the the old ABS plastic. But yeah, look, I mean, there'll be various visual signifiers, and this might be one of them, and the rivets. But all in all, people are excited to have. Mm something old that is also new um I, th I imagine the fun of uncarding these must be akin to the old feeling mm. uh yeah without the guilt of, of breaking <laughs> out a toy that is you know 30 40 years old well i'm looking forward to opening mine when i get them mm, and great I, I, i've got a few things that i want to open in, in front of camera so i think gotta get on that 
gotta get on that the two exciting kickstarters that i'd like to make mention of Mm. firstly uh it unfortunately will have closed just as this podcast is published but carson's collecting the art of gi joe is doing gangbusters uh if you if you speak to Carson, he'll he'll probably tell you that it funded even quicker than the Robo Skull Mark II, which is record breaking for something this niche. Uh, it's it's approaching the kind of like Star Wars numbers in terms of um, mm. of of how quickly it funded. But uh, if you are interested in the numbers right now, with seventeen hours to go, we've got three hundred and twenty thousand nine hundred and sixty four dollars pledged of a $35,000 goal. So it's made the goal many times over with 2,293 backers. Uh, and this is this is a book, guys. This is something that Carson thought there would be maybe a couple of hundred backers for. But yeah, obviously quality and the amount of time and effort and passion that they've poured into this project is showing because the word in the street is, this is a great opportunity to get it uh, all collected into one giant omnibus with a sexy slipcase, or I think even a case that opens up and you have the options. Check out the Kickstarter. The details will be in the description below. Um, you can check out the Kickstarter and see how they've touched up images, how they've reshot entire years of content. So mm. expect to find all the sexiest G.I. Joe art, plus interviews with the creators, DVD inclusion, um, everything you could possibly want from a G.I. Joe art coffee table book all in one giant omnibus for the low, low price of a hundred bucks. Like it's never going to be repeated guys. So I don't know why I'm saying this because the Kickstarter will have wrapped up by then, but uh, I'm just expressing my sentiment that this is an extremely worthy cause. And thank you Carson and his team for putting in the tireless, thankless work. He's not making a cent out of this. In fact, he's put in staggering amounts of his own money to bring these mm-hmm. productions to life. So we salute you, and 3D Joes. And I'm pretty sure, like, I mean, if you've uh, now that you've watched this and the this Kickstarter has ended, I'm pretty sure that you'll be able to get these. You just might not be able to get some of the cool bonuses that they've included. Um, but hey, maybe, you know, you're reading this and you're like, Haha, I've already bought one, guys, but thank you. <laughs> um, I have to, I have to share this. This is, this is great. Thank you, Darren Cobb for this from the comments. Uh, yeah. Uh, Darren Cobb's like at Mark von Leeuwen. Oh yeah. Totally new characters. Beach time, uh, beach time snake guys, tuxedo snake guys, yard work snake guys, ducking down the shop for a bottle of milk snake guys. <laughs> and this was just res- in response to, uh, Mark in the comments asking, oh, hoping that maybe we even get some new characters uh as rob and all of us actually would love to see some new characters in the retro o-ring line so well paul you had the criticism that like new versions of snake eyes are just remixing all the old tropes and just presenting them to you again so yeah Mm. maybe nipping out for a a pint of milk snake eyes is right up your alley man (laughs) (laughs) the other kickstarter that i'd like to share good old sean j wordbergie word burglar is putting out another vinyl um the follow-up to his welcome to cobra island successful uh crowdfund last year he'd like to put out the MacGuffin device lp on vinyl he's 72 percent of the way there there are 28 days remaining 
he'll blow through that. It's only going to cost you 23 USD. And yeah, link in the description below. If you would like to support an incredible artist, uh, a true poet of G.I. Joe, a real American hero uh, in this endeavor. And just, vinyl is so cool, man. I've got yeah. the Welcome to Cobra Island Word Burglar album staring at me right now. I don't have an LP player. Paul does. That's why it's destined for him one day. Yeah. But uh, I was very, very happy to be a part of that and well, might just support him on this one. I mean, it's it's nerdcore rap. You can't get cooler than that. Very, very much up my alley and probably yours too. But uh, I think that's it for news. Gentlemen, it's time to get hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> With the international force. <laughs> now... The core blasted on the scene, known as Gung Ho, and they were just asking for trouble, right? Like they, okay. they outright copied GI Joe's O-ring design, which in turn was a copy of okay, so this is uh, Micronauts. But they added the swivel arm, obviously, and they kind of came out when GI Joe was perhaps in its hottest year, um, nineteen eighty-six. Like they were into the second season of the cartoon. G.I. Joe was dominating everywhere. So Leonard figured they'd ride the coattails and call their line gung-ho. Not only did they cop the name of G.I. Joe's premier marine, but if you look closely at some of the accessory molds, they're not even trying. Like, they've got Dusty's FAMAS just without the top handle. They've got Flint's backpack with a slight rejigging of the canteen, I think it was. They've got... Low lights, uh, massive backpack with a, I think the magazines on the other side, or, or the, the magazines have basically been fudged into one big pocket. But no, the folks at Hasbro took exception to the name Gung Ho. And after a successful lawsuit against Leonard, uh, the core international heroes was born in the ashes. And I guess what we want to do tonight is give an expose on. The O-ring years of the core, and tip of the iceberg in that. I mean, we're not going to get as far as Star Force or Laser Force, or heaven help us. Like, were they Rescue Squad? I don't know. A whole bunch of different subsects. We're going to stick with the the military themed guys, um, and maybe dabble with the, the the current releases a little bit. I mean, some things are just too cool to not mention, like the Beast Bomber, the Rainfire Helicopter. The core versus the curse. Finally, they have someone to fight. So, going around the horn, what is everyone's earliest memory of the core? <laughs> Saving money. Uh, <laughs> I, I may have mentioned this in a past episode, but uh, for posterity, let's put it here. Uh, I was very excited going to Randwich Mall to the CNA there, which was a place I often looked for GI Joes in. And I was hoping to go and get my next talking battle commando. And that would have been, I'd already got Stalker. So I was sort of gunning for Cobra Commander. And I remember the price uh, being 50 Rand, which Stephen has uh, spoken about a few times on a previous episode. But I remember it being 50 Rand and being like, okay, well, it's 50 Rand. And then next to it was this, and I believe it. I believe the packaging was like red. I, I seem to recall it being red. But it was like this long blister card. and just had a whole bunch of G.I. Joe type dudes on. And I think it had two or three vehicles at the bottom. One of which was that like um, 
tricycle with the buzzsaw wheel. Um, and I remember going, oh, wow, this is amazing. And picking that up and going, well, this is only 40 Rand. <laughs> so I remember running up to my father. And it and going, feels like 40 Rand. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, so I remember Were you crestfallen when you got it out of the package? No. I really? was a bit like, yeah, I, okay, so I, I don't know if you How guys long did get the this. thumbs survive? Oh, dude, I couldn't tell you. I mean, <laughs> were they I, all gone? I think they've all, uh, they, they went in about a week or two, probably. I mean, I just know that I had a lot of fun popping the one dude on the bike and just racing the bike everywhere. And I think one of the vehicles on there was also that jet ski thing, which is quite fun, which I've now been sort of reacquainted with thanks to this uh, assault river craft or tactical river assault craft, whatever's um, track, I suppose, would be the acronym for that, which is actually pretty good. Um, yeah, I just I just remember the whole thing being like, hey, dad, like, like I can get this toy for 50 Rand or I can get this whole big bundle of toys for 40 Rand. Which one can I get? And my dad, you know, because that's how I would sell shit to my parents. <laughs> and my dad would be like, yeah, fuck him. But it, yeah. Get him. <laughs> get that one. <laughs> the cheapest one. Yeah, uh. yeah get, the, get the cheap one. I'm like, okay, yay. This is why I don't have a talking commander, uh, talking battle commander's Cobra Commander, because I bought a whole bunch of core instead. Uh, dude, it was a great experience. It was awesome opening up all these toys and having all of these weapons. That was exciting. I loved that. It was just like, wow. This is like just an explosion of stuff to play with. And then at the same time, just being like, why is the one guy, and I'm, uh, this is by no means, this is not meant to, as an insult. I just thought the dude, the Indian guy, I think his name is Raj or whatever. I just remember thinking. <laughs> Bengala, maybe? Very, Bengali, yeah. I'm like, he doesn't Bengala. Seem very, like, Bengala. <laughs> I just remember looking at that going, he doesn't seem like a terribly dangerous dude. <laughs> you know, he's got a very I'm friendly like, face and a lovely turban. Yeah, he just and jodhpurs, so, like, and jodhpurs. Yeah, and he was—I mean, he's a cool toy, actually, and a really, uh, actually, quite a fun figure if you think about what he could do, and um, if you, you know, look back into a little bit of history and stuff. You know what they're sort of homaging there with his design. But I think I gravitated towards the diver and the ninja that was like that that brought me a lot of excited excitement was the ninja and the diver and there was one other about shark yes and there was one well, other shark, shark i think we should uh, devote a little bit of time to totally. because shark had some innovation that i think even gi joe of the era hadn't copped to uh and and still like by the by the end of the the classic era run paul mm -hmm. Pay some respect to the engineering prowess of Lenard. It doesn't show mm. off often, but on Shark, I think they hit a home run, and it's a very subtle one. Okay, look at Torpedo. Torpedo doesn't emulate uh, any kind of accessory parts to make up his mask and his regulator or pipes mm. leading to his backpack. They just kind of basically made it intrinsic to the mold. And you're assuming that there's glass in front of his eyes. Yeah. Then flip forward to the eels in 1985. Once again, no glass in front of the eyes. We assume that that's a mask, but this time they've actually got a hose that clips on the front of the face and runs into the backpack. Awesome. Yeah. That same system was replicated for wetsuit. And then only, I think in 94, did we start getting a separation of things like, uh, a mask well no actually it was a one piece that the shipwreck 
Battlecore Shipwreck had a one one piece mask that was removable, but also included the the hose. Um, mm. Hydra Viper had a, a helmet and pipes that were separate pieces, but no one other than Shark from the core exclamation point emulated the mask being separate to the regulator and and the hoses. Yeah. So to paint the picture for the listeners, with Shark, you had a head sculpt that had a little hole at the back of the head that would marry to a post on the mask. So you'd have his eyewear as a separate piece. Onto the eyewear, you could peg in his respirator, which would then kind of cover his mouth. And from the respirator, like part of it, were these hoses that ran to the back and hooked up to his his oxygen tanks, his air tanks. So you had this complex three-piece arrangement, which pretty much accurately replicated what scuba equipment would be. I I gotta say, like G.I. Joe did not attempt this level of complexity. So no, advantage to the core. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's why I remarked like super thin diving goggles. Like that was a compliment because uh, they're very good looking. I thought it would be another case of like the Viper goggles that snap. Mm. Well, uh, a little bit of a, a deep cut for our dear listeners. If you guys watch uh, Blazing Sand, uh, when Lady J is being uh, interrogated, uh, Dr. Mindbender wears some goggles and those are shark goggles. And those are my I've original. I've forgotten about that. Yeah. Nice so my original shark goggles that have somehow survived. That's literally the only piece of core. I <laughs> thumbs notwithstanding some yeah. of the core stuff was very durable like mm. surprisingly durable um and that mask yeah absolutely uh, was one of them i'm gonna jump in ahead of you rob because i think chronologically mine will stack first and also it'll dovetail nicely with what paul just mentioned because before i had any o-ring gi joes in the interim between getting the no ring construction Bionic six figures, and then the gateway drug of Lifeline, Monkey Wrench, and Iceberg. My first O-ring figure, and this is a hot scoop <laughs> on the GI Joe podcast. I've never mentioned this before, but my very first O-ring action figure was none other than Hiro Yamata of the Core, the Ninja Dude you spoke of, Paul. Mm. I mean, five-year-old Steve must have been taken in by the irresistible allure of a ninja because this guy i picked him up i mean i don't think i gave any other core figure a second glance picked him up rushed him home switched off all the lights drew the curtains in my room put together a wooden castle structure that my dad had made in his sort of workshop for my brother once upon a time rob i think you remember the one it's like a big rectangle like parapeted yes uh, i do like remember castle, that. and then it had a tower that was also like fashioned out of wood and had i never realized at the top. your dad made that i just and it had I, had sort of wow yeah windows and like three levels inside with like a kind of a a, a hatchway leading like linking each level yeah anyway that thing so was awesome. it was great and the perfect structure for this ninja to scale and do spooky sneaky ninja stuff but just like a ninja master of the disappearing arts 
this figure disappeared very quickly. I do not yeah. have very many memories of him because he was gone, man. He just evaporated into thin air poof, or a cloud of smoke. Of him, I only have the backpack remaining. And I can speak about like the quality of the build. Like those 80, that 86 series, the accessories, particularly the silver accessories, were like a very nice hard plastic. They became mm. kind of milky, um, particularly by the 90s and later 90s. But those initial The Core or Gung Ho action figures had some nice quality plastic. They're quite shiny Thumbs notwithstanding. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Robbie, what are about... your first... Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. Just something I wanted to mention about that Ninja. It's, it's, I mean, this was like, this went over my head when I was a kid. But looking at it now... It's it's funny. It's cool how like Leonard was like, okay, so we're gonna make a ninja. We're gonna make him look kind of like Storm Shadow. We're gonna color him like Snake Eyes. Then we're gonna give him something that we feel is better than a bow and arrow by giving him a crossbow. Mm -hmm. You know, and then we're gonna give him martial arts specialties that haven't been covered in the file cards, namely Taekwondo and Aikido, because. Hmm. Wow, what a mix! <laughs> um, <laughs> I explained the joke Taekwondo. to. Okay, so Taekwondo um, is a, re a really great martial art. All good martial arts, all martial arts are great, but Taekwondo is a is a kicking and well, is a primarily kicking martial art that has a lot of punching as well, and it's high flying kicks and whatever. It's 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 a very stand up style of martial arts. It's also very straightforward, and I don't say that in any way, shape, or form that should resemble a, a, an insult. It's pure in that in its design that way. Aikido is very much uh, similar to Tai Chi and Aikido, Aikido's sort of uh, martial application or should, should I say hard form application is about, you know, rerouting somebody's weight and their movement and sort of taking them down, you know, and it's especially great if you aren't a very strong person, you can just help to move, shift people's weights around and get them on their backs or get them into a dangerous position. So these are not bad martial arts at all. It's just an interesting combination because Taekwondo is very Korean. It's a, it's a Korean pride uh, martial arts, a martial art that Korea is very proud of. And Aikido is Japanese. So our ninja, in this case, has had some kind of training in Korea and Japan. And Aikido, as it stands, is fairly modern as well. So it's just interesting like that they chose those. They were like, wow, we can't make him Kung Fu. We can't give him Ninjutsu. We can't give him all the stuff that we've given Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. So let's give him the two that they left out on the file card. I just thought it was quite cute. Hey, it's it was the mid-80s, man. He was an international kind of ninja. He was jet-setting all over the world. Cross-training. Yeah. yeah. But Rob, anyway, what's your earliest my cool voice, memory? Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I think... I don't really remember buying many core at all, actually. Um, I think my if only at focus, all. or if at all, actually. Um, I mean, my focus early on was Thundercats and He-Man, um, and then got a little bit into GI Joe before I met Steven. Um, and I had a few other Bionic Six figures, but I really don't remember buying any early core figures. I think the earliest one I can possibly remember that I mean, I probably didn't even belong to me. It was probably Steven's. Was the one figure? It was kind of like a sci-fi figure, and he mm -hmm. had like a a a, a backpack which was like a jet as well as a helicopter. <laughs> I, I feel yes. like that was mine, but I don't think it was. 
I'm blanking on the name, but they were kind of like a biological glider group. Yes. Hmm. And but I think it's much later on. Well, um, it's it's the 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 mid to late nineties. Um, mid to late nineties. I mean the. No, no, I lied. It was the mid-90s. Mid I think it was 1995. I remember they were occupying the same kind of peg space as the Mega Marines at the time. Because, yes. yes, the Mega Marines were sold on in South Africa through 1995. <laughs> Believe it. So I feel like that's one that I owned. But, but yeah, I think in general, Core was definitely not a series that I was very invested in. I think, you know, I, I instantly knew um, I wanted quality over quantity. And I think my mother probably agreed with me on that point too. So she would rather <laughs> buy me a good G.I. Joe figure than, than like 10 core figures that will break in a week or so. <laughs> well, funny you should mention that because it was you, Rob, who coerced me in Tiger Valley Mall to buy those two incredible gift sets that basically jump-started our core collection and put it through the roof and like put it onto the pedestal that it now occupies. Like the core became the de facto bad guys for everyone simply because of these two, I think it was 12 man squads times two. And each yes, one came with a basic CNA, vehicle. I think. Uh, yes, yeah. Well, hmm, no, what is this? There's a shopping center in the middle of Tiger Valley Mall. Um, or at least it was. Maybe it was game. Maybe it was a pick and pay. It was probably pick and pay. It could have been pick and pay, yeah. But just, the, the, this is in the kind of the late 90s, either 97, 98, and I mean, the one pack came with the six-wheeler that looks like a, a Kremlin kitty cart, like sort of amphibious um, four-seater vehicle, and the other came with the repurposed like moon vehicle, but it was done in camo. I mean, <laughs> why not? But it came, each one came with 12 figures, and basically that was, that was everyone, uh, with a few exceptions. Um, we'll get onto those in a bit, but like those guys, as I say, became this third faction and we used them a lot, whether it was in a GI Joe game that needed like just militia men, like not garishly dressed Cobra agents, but just straight up regular military looking dudes, uh, with a bit of character. I mean, they couldn't just be green army men. We had a substitute for that a little bit later, but like the core fulfilled that role to a T and this is like when we were really needing like alternatives to Cobra. So yeah, man, that was a monster stroke. And I thank you for uh, drilling into me the notion of quantity over quality. <laughs> <laughs> it's the opposite yeah, but lesson. That's, but that's what the call was. It was numbers. It was a, like the, a numbers the game. The permutations yeah. that you could buy them in. Like mm. I've seen online images of obviously single carded. But I've also seen two packs, three packs in a horizontal strip, three packs in a vertical strip. And then it, the numbers just multiply from there. Crazy times. So they certainly about... cornered the market. I mean, I mean, they, they provided their figures in so many combinations that, I mean, anyone would could buy them, you know? Like you buy them from one figure, people who can't afford more. It's like 40 figures. I mean, I'm, I don't know if they're 40 figures, but... I, feel like those 12 oh, packs more. are absolutely huge. Sure. Oh. But let's dial the clocks back to the very first assortment and just maybe see what jumps out, jumps out at us. Back yeah. in 86, the original 18 were Croc, Jones, Bengala, Whipsaw, Fox, 
Crowbar, Shark, Hammer, Tony Tanner, Boomerang Billy, Junkyard, Gunner O'Grady, John Eagle, Hiro Yamata, Flashfire, Whispering Willie, Large Sarge, Large Sarge, and Dragon Han. Or is he Mugshot would have you believe it's Dragon Han? Yeah, he's definitely got some. Some grunt version two, nineteen ninety one version. I always do that. Version two must have been the the, the Falcon Glider. So version three is the shouty grunt. Anyway, yeah. My point is, if those me- names mean absolutely nothing to you, dear listener, don't worry, you're not alone. Who actually bothered to remember the names of the core guys? They were just the core guys. They were just fodder, right? The yeah. dude, the ninja dude, the martial arts dude. <laughs> Some people did learn the names and uh, like. Well, let's let's break down into a slightly more detailed discussion. Apart from the ones we've already mentioned, that being Shark, Bengala, uh, Hiro Yamata, who else of this initial lineup really catches your eye? It's got to be Whispering Willie. Really <laughs> In unison. Excellent, excellent. Whispering Willie is definitely a standout. I mean, for one thing, he's, he's, he's definitely tapping into that Dreadnought appeal. But for another... He's got no pants. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's brave, yo. And I mean, a cool shotgun. Like, yes, the shotgun so. is is on point. I'd, I'd actually say, like, if I wasn't loyal to G.I. Joe, I'd it's say it's the Flint. superior gun to Flint. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. it looks... It's still very finely molded and compact. You know, it's, it's a, a very nice scale-accurate size to these guys. It's not oversized, which is wonderful. Yeah, it's it's got ridges and it's got details that pop. It's it's an impressive piece given its heritage as a core core weapon. And then he comes with this ridiculous triple bladed chainsaw, chainsaw with yeah. a magazine, huh? Huh? It's got a giant drum magazine. Like they could have made that into a machine gun, but no, they decided to give this guy extra dreadnought cred. Like he's trying too hard. It's like, hey buzzer, how about three blades? yeah <laughs> but i love that thing like i really do i think it's so much fun like it's a standout weapon in the in the entire core line for me like when i think of the core i'm like that three that triple bladed chainsaw is is definitely there he's got pants in his card art i mean they just never what? bothered to draw them on <laughs> I'm curious like if anyone can recall memo. purchasing this figure as a child please drop into the comments below and share your story because i want to hear i want to hear from the whispering willy fans <laughs> what's <laughs> the name that did something for you <laughs> oh man but i think i think also the big thing about not remembering the names of these characters is that the packaging for them was so bargain basement that i think you, you ripped the figures <laughs> out of them so quickly and that stuff went into the bin so fast that you would never have known the names of these characters and exactly. even though they look different on the back of the packaging, all of the figures look, have a very generic look to them. They look mm. very similar to each other. And I mean, if you if you thought Joe jo had a lot of repaints, they repainted these figures over and over and over and over again through the decades. I mean, I think I have a, I have a uh, a shark figure who's completely done up in like this luminous green color. Yeah. And that uh, that can't be an original. I mean, that can't be from the original lineup. I mean, these guys at least look a little bit okay in their coloring, 
but like they would repaint them over and over, re-release them in different combinations. Um, yeah, but I really lovely. would be amazed that anyone remembered any of the names of these characters because yeah, the packaging would just you know fly to a room faster than you could possibly <laughs> you know rip through it. Also, and also, I don't recall ever buying a single carded core figure when I was a kid. I remember every time I got them, it was always like that uh, huge like twenty four pack or whatever that I got, and you know that thing just took space. You know, and so mm. you folded and threw it away. It wasn't like, you know, they had stuff on the back. I think they had like little file card-esque things at the back. I can't really remember. But I, I just remember it like it going into the bin quite quickly. And I remember they had some great vehicles uh, at the time as well. But the vehicles also, the packaging, you also kind of threw away. It didn't have much. There was always, everything was like a two-pack or a three-pack or a 24-pack or whatever. And you just never felt the need to keep that. I don't know. It just it didn't work. And, and and I don't know about you guys, but I just never, I just can't remember seeing single carded core figures, at least at least for that first initial run. I remember much later for the Star Force or whatever they were called, having single cards. And I also remember, I don't know if you guys can remember this, they had like just a generic artwork of a character on the packaging, but the character in the packaging was different. So. Yes, I most specifically re remember that series um, that came in the sort of the 1992 series when they were really mm. pushing the new figures for that series. So all the strip packs had just the artwork of, I think his name was um, Hattrick LeMond and uh, Lightning McCloskey or no, wait, Steve, I don't know. These, Steve, uh, yeah, this guy's called Steve, the guy with the silver helmet. <laughs> So, <laughs> what's your name some of the there's nothing some wrong the, with the name some of the rarest Sorry. core figures i'm led to believe are the guys that popped up in 1992 because they were quickly never used again mm. uh, guys like Brickwall and lightning mubuntu and oh gosh I'm, I'm trying to remember the names offhand i should have jotted them down but uh, if you are watching the like youtube version bar, charles here <laughs> <laughs> This photograph is lovingly pulled from the Dragon Fortress. Once again, check out Dustin's site. It's awesome. Um, and th these molds were, were never used again. So, like, these guys have actually, well, for core at least, got some real value attached to them. But I think anyone who has passed an eye over these figures can attest to the fact that they are butt ugly and just so <laughs> jarring. It's a total left turn from what the core had been doing just two years earlier. So we spoke about the first 18 briefly. I mean, there are a few that I'd like to still touch on like boomerang, Billy, uh, fan, uh, Billy. <laughs> uh, a particular favorite of one of our Bergforce members called Darren, AKA railroad. who's currently headed to do his train thing. Um, but, in 1990, they added six new figures to the roster, and I'll quickly get through them. They were Gas Man, Cyborg Trooper, the Toxic Waystore, <laughs> Alpine. No, what was his? His name was Alpine. Yes, it was actually Alpine. Gosh, the skier and skier. Yeah, Night Laser. Oh, wow. I, I had this dude. This guy yeah. was tons of fun with his blockhead. I love. <laughs> <laughs> I love they they started doing 
they started doing removable helmets and yeah all the praise that i heaped on shark for the engineering aplomb kind of fall off the back of the wagon by 1990 because the helmets are i think dreadfully ill-fitting yeah which is why the next two years they they just made molded heads that had helmets um and they looked awful uh, <laughs> i mean the fellow all the way on the right his name is hattrick lamond and he's just what wow. is what is up with that guy's face no you just shoot him out of <laughs> a cannon That's it's, what you do. it's stuffed into this bellend like dickhead helmet <laughs> oh, I think that I think is. having having seen so many of the figures so far, I mean, you can really kind of draw not comparisons, but you can kind of see the different, I suppose, ideology in the way that they're kind of molding the figures. Jaja has a lot more detailing in the molds. Um, mm. There's, I think, there's a lot more effort in trying to paint things to be more realistic. Um, while the core seems to do a lot of smooth surfaces. There's not a lot of like detailing. I mean, there's definitely ridges and, and, and things going on where you can kind of see what's going on later on. I mean, this is probably one of the better examples, actually, of, of a better. Uh, I've thrown Jones up on the screen. You have. You've, and you've, you've kind of... Um, he doesn't look reason, too bad. I, I only pegged very recently why he's called Jones. It's because no. he's supposed to be Indiana Jones. Jones. <laughs> he's got a PhD or something. Like I read his file card. It was his dossier. And like it is definitely trying to tap into that indie appeal. Um, however, <laughs> he seems... Oh, wrong guy. He seems to have uh, Dr. Mindbender's electro prod for some no. reason. Oh, I don't know, goodness. man. Bizarre. But Rob, I take your point about them being quite smoothed off. Uh, yeah, they're, definitely... they're not that highly detailed. I mean, especially in those later ranges uh, from the late from the nineties. I mean, or even these ones, there isn't much yeah de detailing to the molds themselves. Well, the parts reuse is absolutely flagrant, and it even strains belief at times. And I'll give you an example. In the first eighteen, you had a guy in a scuba outfit, looking pretty padded and buff. Like, he's definitely smuggling a little too much meat in a too small bag. I'm referring to Shark. But then, you take a look at the fact that he's wearing this, this harness, right? Over a wetsuit. Then you flip the script to this crazy fella called Whipsaw. Who's like a Sergeant Slaughter <laughs> ripoff, I guess. And he's topless. But you peer a little closer and you realize it's the same torso mold as the guy wearing a wetsuit. <laughs> That's why his body looks so smooth and undefined. It's because it's supposed to actually be fabric, but they've left it flesh tone. So it's now, I mean, it's, it's weird. It's always been jarring to me that this character is wearing nothing but a harness. But now you know why. Oh. <laughs> you know, you can't <laughs> see his nipples. Presumably they're under those straps and yeah. Or just rubbed off. Major yeah. chafe. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like Zartan. He's just got a smooth chest with no nipples. Funny, even uh, <laughs> this guy's completely unremarkable. Like I'm sure I had him, but I just don't re remember having him. I remember his mortar launcher that I had. Mm. I know that because that was fun. Those those were great. They but... were indeed great. But yeah, the the blatant parts copying from GI Joe, like. Uh, Flashfire, for instance, the team flamethrower expert, marries, I think it's Blowtorch's backpack mm. to Torch's 
like acetylene torch, mm. his cutter, which always, you know, I always grind the axe about the fact that it's not a flamethrower, even though G.I. Joe Media always plays Torch's weapon to be a flamethrower. It's actually a cutting torch, <laughs> which is dramatically less exciting, I, I suppose, as a weapon. But I suppose it has its uses and definitely is referred to in his file card. But we're not here to talk about the Dreadnoughts. We're certainly not here to talk about a real American hero. We're here to talk about the core, baby. Hardcore. So does anyone have anything to say about the 1990 series? Uh, just to refresh your memory, we're talking Gas Man, we're talking Cyborg Trooper, we're talking Toxic Waste Ore with the Bad Helmet, Alpine the Ski Dude, Night Laser, and I forgot to mention him, but everyone's favorite porno cop, Chopper. <laughs> <laughs> Chopper comes with a whip. And I that's mean... actually very cool. Well, there are elements of buzzer to this guy. I know I, didn't, I said I was going to stop talking about the dreadnoughts, but like he's a cop dude or like a highway policeman with cut off sleeves. Sun's out, guns out, baby. That is de definitely <laughs> not standard issue. Um, and he's got a tan like tank top with like a, like a badge, which to my mind doesn't doesn't buzzer have a badge also. Which yeah, he, he must does. have nicked from a copper. But yeah. Uh, Chopper... Yeah, Chopper's all kinds of wrong, man. I, I just mean, remember this... that nightstick never fitting in his hands. It'd always like... fall out. Yeah. Mm. It's like it's too, too bad, thin. man. Well, either you've got a thumb breaker or you've got something that's too thin. It's very difficult to, like, strike balance. <laughs> well, it's certainly an cool, interesting though. range of, of, of figures. I think probably the only one that I recognize from them is literally the Chopper dude. Um, oh, yeah. I don't recognize any of the other guys. Um, I don't well, know how much you realize we never, we never had Cyber Trooper. I don't recall him at all. I don't recognize him at all. Yeah. The others I had, I actually had that dude in the hazmat suit. He was awesome. I actually thought he was so cool. I think the Alpine like, I guy I kind of recognized guy. too. Yeah. I mean, I recognized the face of this guy of 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 the the, the chemist dude, but not <laughs> so much the rest of him. Well, I feel like they must have almost the like. Head. The head looks like they definitely copped it from Airtight's appearance in the Sunbow animated series. Mm. He's got a very high... In fact, it's not even a high widow's peak. Like, this guy's, like, completely bald except for a, a patch on the top of his head. Looks like he's got, like, kind of a, I don't know, Native American, like, warrior head shave. Um, I don't know if that's even a thing. But, like, he's just got a strip of hair down the, down the top. But his head being this kind of rather round, um, almost nefarious look to it. Yeah, man, it does give me the huge airtight vibe. So mm. once again, some blatant copying from Lenard. Um, I wanted to go back to Cyber Trooper simply because this is a figure, perhaps the first figure in forever, perhaps since my very first core figure, good old Hiro Yamata, the, the ninja, this is the first figure I've actually sought out and bought single. Huh. Like, I actually have bought a core figure. Um, not in a gift On pack. Nice. Not not given to me as a donation from an old childhood friend, which also jump-started my collection. Like, I've got so much core sitting around at home because a guy who was a massive core collector just was like, Jobs, I think you'll get more joy out of this than I ever will. So, <laughs> Star Force, Vehicles, Hey, I'm flush with core, except I never got 
Cyber Trooper until now. <laughs> well, <laughs> I should. Uh, the reason I didn't mention it in the new shit section was the fact that, uh, well, Aussie listeners, if you enjoy using Sendle to send your packages out, just don't. I don't know. It hasn't moved in two weeks. Boo. Boo to that, I say. And maybe this wow. is a good opportunity to talk a little bit about Cyborg Trooper conceptually. Like, I'm going to read his file card just to give everyone an idea of, like, how generic the core file cards were. They're kind of spoken generalities, but never had that kind of A-Rod charm or whimsy, like giving these guys something memorable like be it a character foil or just something unique no instead they paint guys very very blandly anyway name cyborg trooper tactical specialty control of and communication with complex machinery and unidentified life forms hyper strength service history originally joined isf international security force as an anti-terrorist operative Following a near-fatal explosion, he was reassembled with high-tech computer and machine parts. Professional profile, known as the Spearhead, a real professional from the word go. High ability to maintain high, spelt H-I, <laughs> high ability to maintain a keen awareness of every situation and has proven invaluable in every adverse confrontation. I mean, it's all like quite technical and highfalutin language, but it all is just such hot air. Like, yeah. totally just... If you do not stop shooting, there will be trouble. Well, That's there the you go. That is yeah. the vibe. I mean, he's got an exposed face or mouth and nose. So there's there's a there's an element of Robocop there. But mm. I would go one step further and say what they were copying was not the Paul Verhoeven movie, but actually a 2000 AD character. When oh, I see Rogue Cyber Trooper. Trooper, I see Rogue yeah. Trooper. Uh... Yeah. That's a good comparison. That actually makes the toy much cooler. I know, right? And that is exactly why I've sought him out. I think. <laughs> I think he's on his way to me. Because I have the accessories back home, but not the figure. He came with uh, like a jetpack looking thing, but it's really cheap and poorly designed. It's really plain. Um, and a gun that is super, super generic submachine gun. I don't even have a picture of them. They're just... Not good, um, but perhaps I can I can make, find a place for this guy. I certainly look forward to having a core figure back in my possession, and I never thought I'd say those words. But yeah, Cyber Trooper, nice. I feel like we should touch on some of the the positives of the core line. I mean, we've been kind of we've sort of been flirting with them a little bit, but uh, I feel like there's some good stuff to say about the core, um, especially like when it comes to their accessories, I feel like, yes, even though they like stole a lot of their accessories from GI Joe, or they remolded a lot of those accessories. And even though they kind of aped them in the sense of like creating like Flint's shotgun, but doing it the way that they did, there are some moments in core that are really, that really shine brightly. And I feel like, although the handles on some of the core guns really suck in terms of how they look, Sometimes they just went for a very basic kind of a pole or like a kind of like a block. And I found that figures held that a little bit better than realistic, than realistically molded guns. I don't know if you guys had the same effect, but I've always felt that to be a bit of a positive. Especially when you didn't want to break the thumbs because those didn't. 
Um, okay, some of the square ones had the potential to, but at least you didn't feel so bad shaving them down to make them fit into into a figure's hand. So that was one of the things that was always kind of a small highlight for me with these figures. Well, um, I'm going to reference a review that Form BX257 did of Bazooka when he was kind of lampooning Bazooka's diminutive rocket launcher and saying that if you want to beef up Bazooka's weapon, look no further than Large Sarge's weapon. Or Fidel Castro, as Fidel. you said at the top of the episode. <laughs> Large Sarge came with a fabulous rocket launcher. It's, I mean, it's a mongrel-looking weapon, man. Just don't try and get him to grasp the foregrip. That is just Suicidal. madness. Yeah, no, it's, it's where yeah. thumbs go to die. Uh, I have, I think, a couple of Large Sarges who have only right thumbs. <laughs> well, when your name is Large Thumb, I mean Large Thumb, Large Sarge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're bound to break some thumbs <laughs> another positive anyway. let's circle back to boomerang billy australia's iron <sighs> not only boomerangs. does he have three boomerangs that slip into a, a backpack but he's got lampreys sten this time mm -hmm. without the magazine coming off to the side i mean hilarious is that how they expected to pass off and and not get the ire of hasbro's legal team well, it seemed to work because Hasbro only took them to court once and that's over the name change. They were taken to court a second time, but we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, Boomerang Billy, anyone got anything to say about this guy? <laughs> He's probably one of the cooler looking figures. I mean, he definitely looks a lot like, um, what's his name, Leatherneck? Yeah. Uh, Sekondo, and uh, rhymes with Sekondo. And Rikondo. <laughs> Very good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the slouch hat, unmistakable. So bit of I a got dumpy this... head sculpt, but like if you look mm. at his card art, I mean, if you didn't throw it away, like Paul said, um, it's if you kind of emulate that in your mind, you got a great figure. The fact that the Sten gun still has its strap made that a very useful weapon. Like you can't be in danger of breaking thumbs when you've just got it draped over your figure. <laughs> very gentle. <genuine. laughs> <laughs> And the boomerangs were great. I thoroughly enjoyed using that. I mean, it was just a, a nice, diverse piece of equipment that made him very much like a video game boss. And I think that was his place. Like, he had this very unique, very unusual weapon or mode of killing his victims. And uh, if you came up against him, like, there was at first that moment of disbelief. Like, what? Is this guy fighting me with boomerangs? And then you realize... Oh, crap, this thing's taking people's heads off. Watch out. Boomerang Billy's in the area. Exactly. That's what that's what was fun about him. I just don't like his color palette. I I have uh, other versions of him. One that is quite loud. I think it's yellow with green splotches on it. Um, you guys may even have the same one. Oh, you I, betcha. I feel, like, I feel like that one is a little more interesting than the one that they originally released him with. I suppose it's just the black sleeves that just throw me off also, that late 90s oh i think i've got a picture of him though it's in a yeah. different hue but the late 90s uh gift set that rob and i went in on um had very tasteful color palettes and uh yeah he had basically like dark green with a, a black undershirt and black gloves and that's yeah sublime man saw a lot of use cool yeah, I like... can't actually imagine being a core collector with so many different paint versions of these characters and actually trying to do a complete collection. 
I don't oh, think it's possible. Oh, but it's so much fun. I'm it's sure possible. it is. And it can be very cheaply done, I tell you. Like, if you if you have a collecting itch to scratch, like, and you don't really have too much concern with the quality of what you're buying, like, it's it's a very rewarding <laughs> thing to have all these variations uh, staring at you. I'm sure it can be very interesting. I mean, yeah, the accessories are definitely a good thing a lot of the time with, with the core. Um, but I think probably a, a big winner for them, I mean, most of the time. But the coolest thing is that the core figures also come with vehicles. Oof. You said the magic <laughs> word, Robbie. <laughs> <clears throat> there are some fantastic vehicles in this line. There are some like like losers or at least ones that are kind of like less detailed. But the thing is they actually made an effort to make a whole bunch of fantastic vehicles. I think probably standouts for me. Um, their APC is absolutely fantastic. It's an, a proper armored troop transport. Um, and we definitely oh, had a yeah. lot of fun with the patrol boat. Sacrilege, but I up. think the the APC is, or the core APC, superior to the G.I. Joe APC. Instead of a rag top, Fight you've words. got some, yeah, yeah. You've got some armored protection right the way around. A fully enclosed hatch at the back. Yeah. Like, the hatch drops down realistically and you can run your guys out. But if you want to actually play out the interiors of the APC, it unfolds. Yeah, it's, it's the, the, the top that kind of opens like a door. It's, it's Foot pegs it's down the middle and a kind of very simplified sloped seating along the, the walls. And yeah, a whole mess of guys can get in there. Very armored um, front uh, driver section as well with hinged hatches. Like the, the viewports can be fully buttoned up. That's yeah. something that's, once again, advantage Lenard, man. The G.I. Joe APC was... It was glass. That's cool. But like, could have done with those hinged um, drop-down like armor plates. More protection. Mm -hmm. I love, it's such a silly basic thing, but I love the troop carrier. And that's actually something I wouldn't mind having in my current collection. Because it's just such a great little technical. It is and, a technical uh, and, it, and it's rag top, but I never saw those in South Africa. Same. Mm -mm. Neither. I don't remember. Same. The ambulance, they also had made an ambulance. I never saw that either. Never saw that. Field vehicle, battle tank, and attack vehicle were the things I saw the most. And then occasionally the field tracker in all kinds of different colors. You know. Now, think, before yeah. we had a dragonfly, Rob, we had the ATK helicopter. <laughs> and that is a phenomenal helo. Lovely, lovely. It also has a mechanism for spinning the blades. Very yes. sturdy as well. I would dock some points for the fact that it doesn't have a chin turret. Instead, it's got um a spotlight i'd rather it having a minigun those are so much fun and it's got these piddly four barrels that sort of swivel on the side but like nah, nothing beats a nice chin gun um like the dragonfly or like longbow apache or the cobra um anyways that helicopter was a delight uh we we definitely saw a lot of use out of that before we ever ever got a dragonfly it was a fantastic vehicle. And I just loved it. I think that was also the one that you kept safe by having it in the packaging. <laughs> it still had yeah, the, the plastic molding because it was so precisely molded to the shape of the vehicle. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it will never gather dust because I've always kept the the original packaging protection over it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's going to be safer than any of the other Joe vehicles. <laughs> or any Joe vehicle. 
the first core vehicle that I ever got was the patrol boats. And here's another hot scoop for this episode of G.I. Joburg. The year I got the patrol boat, it was Christmas. Or was it Christmas? It was a celebration. It was potentially Easter. Um, but I had the option of getting the Cobra Bug. I had the Cobra Bug on my Christmas... No, it was Christmas. It's definitely Christmas. I had the Cobra Bug on my Christmas wish list. And I even indicated where it could be bought, where it was available. <laughs> um, and I scratched it out when I saw the patrol boat wow. in Pick and Pay Hypermarket. And I was <laughs> like, I want the patrol boat, not the bug. Get me the patrol boat. You can now. get it here. <laughs> and dutifully, my parents did. And they were probably licking their chops because there's like a fraction <laughs> of the, the price. But that thing saw a lot of use too. Oh, man. Rob, do you have any memories of that? We used it for everything. Um, it was always harassing us. Anytime we like had a patrol and we came to like a waterway, that thing would be cruising down with those twin 50 cals, uh, the grenade launcher at the back, guys just dripping off of it, armed to the teeth. Like that was that was a formidable opponent. And it uh, does it fight? It does. It Not does only fight. that. But it's got a sort of a simulated like wave crushing action because the the wheel is slightly offset. Oh, so that's it's right. Turned, so like, even when you're not on water, it it the front wheel will, it'll rise up and down. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it, it moves like it's actually on water. Damn it! I so missed one of my the reasons. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the reasons I I bought this one, aside from the um, like awesomeness of owning the original Gung Ho box and having this little piece of toy history. Is because it's a it's a vehicle that I feel is really missing in GI Joe, and I think it would fit in really nicely for like future uh, play motions or just generally just for fun, you know, like just to put my dudes on there and finally have the Joes on a boat, you know, mm. <laughs> you know. That yeah, there aren't that many sense. like boat boats. I mean, I think mm -hmm. I think the core in general seems to do generic really well. <laughs> I'd, you know, if, if that's kind of like a positive, because I mean, it's very generic, the sort of stuff that they have, you can, it can be a good guy, it can be a bad guy. But also the thing is like, they're, they're all the core that that's a, I suppose a negative for the core is that there are no bad guys unless you make them bad guys yourself. Um, oh. And well, without they, knowing they their names, it, you can. <laughs> True. They flipped it now. Fortunately, uh, you know they, they have introduced the curse as the bad guys. But I think Leonard's thinking in making the core not have an adversary is like symbiotically or even parasitically. They envisioned this toy line as always being complementary to GI Joe. Mm. That was how they were going to get your buck. They wanted you to be expanding your roster with their characters not creating a world that stands on its own. Things have become more interesting lately because obviously G.I. Joe has disappeared from retail a number of times. Uh, and yet the core has not. The core has been evergreen as the sort of low price point little brother. The core has always been there. And so I think out of that, they needed to give birth to their own storyline, their independent plot and their own adversaries hence now we have the core versus the curse and i was delighted to do a little bit of research into that recently and see that 
Like they've got this time hopping plot line, which explains why you get dinosaurs in the in the the, the core line nowadays. <laughs> Paul, your favorite dude, Dino Riders. <laughs> they they great. I'm glad I, I spent money on those. <laughs> and by the same token, you get fabulous toys like the Beast Bomber, which is a B25 Mitchell, like through and through. That is a World War II medium-sized bomber with two honking big jet engines slapped on the wings um and massive guns i mean it's it's yeah it's obviously a b25 on roids man this is like the mad max version of an airframe but the reason being uh, the core have kind of been tripping through time and i guess modifying whatever weapons and equipment and beasts of burden they can find wherever they need to be and i think the person that they're trying to track through these various time portals is none other than Whispering Willie. Hey, isn't that fun? They know this guy's notorious. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't love how they've redesigned Whispering Willie. I, oh. I, I really prefer the old look of him that like, you know, slimmer uh, road pig kind of with a mohawk kind of vibe that they went for. I, I hate how they've changed him. Like he looks too normal now. <laughs> <laughs> dare i say but the story is cool i mean i had to check i had to look at it on the the core hq site and did a bit of a dive there and i don't know it kind of made me want to buy some of them which is oh, absolutely this is a and, beautiful plane called these i think it's called the sky strike yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah. how they got away with that is hilarious but uh, it looks like a p51 mustang but like they've chopped off the rotor blades and made it a jet and it's silver and gorgeous with a glass canopy. Like, mm. hey, very, very attractive looking toy. Something, something I wanted to mention, just, uh, you know, you mentioned the law now and we've, we've mentioned the core HQ uh, as a site to go to. I really love their approach to their, to their brand, to, to the core itself, because, you know, they've, they've got really cool artwork going on for the the modern core i've i, I really love the the style that they use um and uh it's actually one of the really appealing factors of the new core but the thing i really really love is that they put a huge emphasis on playing with your toys and if you go onto that website you'll see that they even have their own little play motion kind of thing happening at the bottom of the of the web page where you see like you know the helicopter or something flying through and you know it's somebody that's holding it but you know, it's in a garden or it's in a backyard kind of thing. And it's great to see that. And I wish Hasbro would like cop onto that a little bit and realize that, you know, these things are not just, you know, characters that are based on a on a vintage toy line that is so old with this great toy, uh, great story and whatever is written by Larry Homer, blah, blah, blah. But it's actually a toy line that you play with. And that's the thing that I feel like Hasbro really misses. And uh, yeah, thankfully it's on the screen now. And you know you got yeah so you got all this great artwork that just pops up and you get all these little features that like you know these like little hints at some kind of grand grand story and then at some point you'll see like they'll have these moments where they've got the vehicles playing or, you know somebody playing with the vehicles I think Steve if you click on figures I think it is is where they they hide that um, so yeah you'll sort of get to. Oh yeah, that Griffin is awesome. I was looking at that earlier today. Oof. But it's you know who cool. I think of when I see a website design like this? Mm -hmm. Strident. 
Yeah. Our old buddy Iwata Souza is very much in this kind of mode of like just like throw everything at the wall. Play is of paramount importance. Like as long as you've got cool equipment going on cool missions, who cares if it's being pulled from the core or G.I. Joe or higher toys or whatever? Like just put it all together and make your own elite team, your squad, and go raise some hell. Like, this is what these toys enable you to do. They're very much geared towards fun, action-packed play where you get a lot of bang for your buck. Like, substantial vehicles that, like, if we were to buy from G.I. Joe, would cost a mint. But Lenard is providing that stopgap at, you know, affordable enough prices to make you not feel too bad about gutting them as customs slapping on different paint jo paint jobs and stuff. I mean, like, that that's what the core fodder really becomes, doesn't it? Yeah, they I got are... that robot dog, that pack that we're looking at now. I actually bought that pack recently. Well, just to I get the dog. In the last two years. Just to get the robot dog, but the two guys that come with it are actually quite a lot of fun too. Because they... they yeah, fortunately, they've backed, kind of... yeah, they backed <clears throat> off the old T-Crotch design, which <clears throat> is a hangover from when G.I. Joe did it back in the early 2000s. Well, Lenard had been doing it right the way through up until now. But fortunately, now they've, they've given them back their ball-jointed hips. Uh, and there we have the sky, the sky Strike, strike. which is gorgeous. Rob, I take it this is the first time you're seeing these toys. Yeah, I mean, I was about to say, like, if they're so affordable, why do we not have them in our shops? Uh, we do, in the pick and pays, some of them. And some uh, of the checkers are Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. um, although it... It is starting to get. It is starting to become a situation of pick and pay are the only guys that are carrying core at the moment. Like you mm. don't really find them anywhere else, which is sad because they they are great. They are affordable. These are proper toys because I mean they're there. The we go. Version. Some play motion. <laughs> well, look at that. They're having fun with their own advertising. And you can see mm -hmm. it's like in a garden, and you'll see them flying towards a tree. You see, like that's in somebody's backyard. That's that's awesome. <laughs> that's what Hasbro should be pushing. They should be like. This is it, guys. This is what you're doing. Not like worrying about all kinds of ridiculous politics shit and just like, hey, kids, here's a bunch of really cool toys. You know, Core gets it. They they get it. Lenard understands this. Um, and we started off yeah. lampooning these guys. Now we're like, hey, Joe, Joe. Him a little. Yeah, better like than Joe's. <laughs> Very interesting. And, Very and interesting. while we're on the while we're on the praise train for the core, there is something I would like to mention. I mentioned earlier in the episode that I sadly don't recall ever seeing the single carded core figures and only ever, um, and was only ever exposed to the core through those multi-packs. Uh, and this became quite a familiar sight for many people who did buy core figures. You would get black and white portraits like this on the back of those multi-packs. And this didn't give you a lot. And it was kind of sad and, and you know, you did throw these things away eventually, but had I seen the single carded figures, I would have totally kept them. Like the artwork on these boxes is insanely cool. I oh, really, like really love it. And in some respects, some of it is actually better than what than that that than what was put on the GI Joe packaging. Uh, oh, you know, the proportions here are solid. Fired. Yeah, yeah I know, that... right? But the artwork is beautiful. I mean, even old Croc over here. With these, it's just, it looks really great. I mean, that's obviously meant to be Crocodile Dundee, but it's just the way the muscles are painted, 
the the colors used i just really dig it yes it is generic it's not as ex as exciting as gi joe is um but there's just some great artistic pieces here that are happening okay those happen to be very similarly posed and i'm actually looking how uh this uh, bengala is, is is a fiercely cool artwork there's this other one of the the other dreadnought looking dude um ah, crowbar crowbar uh uh, this dude is such a great stand-in for shipwreck, actually. Um, John Eagle. Carrying on, John Eagle. I mean, that's great. Like, I mean, he looks like um, what's his face? Uh, uh, that they based low lights on. Uh, his name's just like fallen out of my head now. Uh, Charles uh, Bronson. Bit... Charles Bronson. Thank you. He's yeah. got a bit of a Charles Bronson vibe to him, like in his younger days. Um, Gunnar O'Grady. Gunnar O'Grady. Even this. But you were talking like... about crowbar, right? Crowbar. I I think this is such a cool artwork. I mean, this dude is so punk, um, a little bit glam. Kind of reminds me a little bit of the uh, Sylvester Stallone movie Cobra. Uh, reminds yeah. me of the the VHS cover. <laughs> There's something about it. The little twinkle on the glasses. It's just very cool, man. Uh, yeah, he could totally be Cobra like, under that helmet. <clears throat> totally. And I just thought that the, a lot of the artwork here was quite inspired. You know, they. They were very hard on, uh, a, a very hard on like trying to get like a certain aesthetic going through here, and then I don't know about how you guys feel about this, and I'm gonna pop up a picture in two seconds uh, for our listeners. This is a picture of one of the multi packs. It's like a corner. It's where they started getting like funky with the colors, and they got this dude. Um, I think his name's like Steven something is the name of the character, or Steve, whatever's. But it's Blanking so the name, but I'll get it. Yeah, it's so cyberpunk running man inspired. Like this character design is the guy with the metal sort of uh Steve dome. Wyoming. Steve Wyoming. Steve Wyoming. I mean, <laughs> this is like some kind of cyberpunk Captain America meets running man. And this artwork is fantastic. This is the kind of artwork we were seeing in in like fantasy book covers. You know, this this kind of fidelity that you were getting from this. And it, it's great. But, Paul, knowing what you know about art, you would it surprise you to to know that they just painted over one of those like Mills and Boone, Fabio, oiled muscle man, like novellas. I would not be surprised. I would hey, not they be just surprised basically they added the, the gloves, the helmets, the shoulder pads, the weird pants. They just kind of painted that over one of those hunky torsos. Like, and he's it's probably crazy, riding a horse. <laughs> <laughs> but it works and it has this like really cool like aesthetic to it, this style to it that I just really dig. I, um, and I, check out how his put that weapon up. is. <laughs> <laughs> take those wings off the sides and what have you what are you left with oh my goodness hmm. oh, it's badong cool um, cool cool and then also just oh, i cool. have to do a shout out to this <laughs> incredible specimen of humanity <laughs> whispering willy is one ugly dude on his file card i mean i can't think of a more anti-sales sales pitch that you could put on your artwork i mean the artwork is so well done, but it's so ugly. Like it's convince, Ninja like, Force. It's Ninja Force Sartan, isn't it? Yeah, mixed but with after a bit of road way pig. too much grape soda and donuts. Well, yeah, it's Road Pig mixed with the uh, Ninja Force Sartan because it looks like they've given him eye makeup. Like he's definitely yeah. got Sartan's tats, his weird darkened eye doohickeys, and the I fact do. that he's got a yeah. single like pink or orangish mohawk. Like, that's also a Zartan trait. Yeah, well, it eventually became a Zartan trait. 
<laughs> I wonder if Hasbro like sort of uh, dipped into the core box of features because they they probably looked at core and they were like, well, these guys are still selling and they're selling a whole bunch. Uh, what can we take from them? <laughs> you know, and uh, thus was born Ninja uh, Force Zartan. And looking at this artwork and and having had Whispering Willy brought to my attention, yes, that was much better than than what was originally in my head. Uh, I got to say, I now understand why I appreciate and love Ninja Force Zartan as much as I do. I think it's because it reminds me so much of this figure and the fun I had with this toy as a kid. Uh, so that's something I figured would be worth putting out there hmm. for our listeners. But well, yeah, guys, I had sorry, a great was... time using the core as our pop-up bad guys for the <laughs> Sarge and his 1986 team of, of Joes to, to take down. Uh, back in 2018, just before mounting up and heading off to Jocon, we did a play motion that featured G.I. Joe versus the core. And that was a delight. Um, anyone listening to this who, who hasn't watched it, well, where you been? Um, but what fun to use these guys as as a nemesis to G.I. Joe. Um, I had a blast. Rob, I, I still reminisce about that day at princess flay i mean we pretty much shot the majority of that show in one go um well we took a, a lunch break but like we went out to location on a saturday was it a sunday ah, regardless and it was not too far from my folks place it was a great base of operations to then stage this awesome awesome adventure and we at, at some point we broke off into separate groups and did like coverage um separately and then we came together and, and did some stuff together but man memorable day i'd say how about you man <laughs> we didn't have it any skinny dippers fortunately <laughs> no one no one shouting about the bible yeah i don't know um <laughs> it was it was probably one of the yeah one of the the cool highlights of just kind of like before we we left south africa we still had one more like great thing to give people before we before we jetted off um and it was yeah it was on. fantastic as well hey, yeah it fantastic? was voted on by by our, our backers our gofundme crowd uh voted that the core should be our enemies and so, so they were. Th there are definitely more than three people who like uh the core in the janet joburg force so or dislike yeah, it's difficult to say it's a weird metric <laughs> ah true well yeah we definitely did have a pretty high body count i'd say some of those core will definitely not be making it back from that mission the final before... kind of figures that that i'd like to throw up in front of everyone's peepers were the 1998 figures which actually start becoming really good some of them not so much rick rangers as plain as as you can get but then you got a trio called justin case lars laser <laughs> ice cream soldier foolproof mm. And these figures are awesome. They are great, actually. Those guns. Look at those guns. That oh, I dig him. And when I say guns, I mean his actual armaments. Okay, that gun. <laughs> actually, I like that gun. I think that gun's cool. <clears throat> Thank you, just in case. Two core. <laughs> but what this dude names? is totally ice cream soldier. Lars Laser. He's like, yeah, he's like but... ice cream soldier, the doom guy, and an eel in different lighting situations. And far better colors. He's in yeah. black body armor with green accessory pieces, a dark gray kind of under vest and trousers. Yeah, it's a good looking toy, man. 
So yeah, things are definitely taking a, a, a turn for the better as the era of the O-Ring was starting to wind down. Um, and the final two of that series, this is actually my photography I'm throwing up from my blog, <laughs> a real South African <laughs> hero at blogspot.com. It's Tracker Tom and Shooter Sam. Two characters that Rob particularly enjoyed playing with. They're just, a tale, so fun. They're just fantastic fun. Because, I mean, I think he looks... <sighs> the, the wild bull guy just looks... Fun. I love that outfit. He looks amazing. And you just put them together. They are basically like... Um... Spirit <sighs> and wild bull. Spirit and wild bull, basically. Um, Reminds me and... of Spur for some reason. Oh, now I want to go to Spirit. Darn it. Sorry. People with a taste for life. Or something, oh, Stephen, I don't know if you ever went to the, the Spur in Newlands, but they've actually closed it down and it's a completely new restaurant now. Sad. I that hate was the original. my life so much. Was it? The one That's in Newlands? Gone. Yeah. Mm. It was the best. And I'll tell you why. Because it's across the road from the brewery. Yeah. All their, all their kegs of beer were so fresh. Oh, man. Yeah, man, unfortunately, it completely closed down. I think it was one of the victims of COVID. Um, but yeah, these guys are fantastic. I think they made they made a nice um, pairing. And there are a lot of... Shooter players. Sam is a cowboy all in black with silver yes. six shooters on his oh, thighs. It's perfect. It's such a nice color He was the figure that you never put a gun in his hand because the way you saw it, he drew and fired those six shooters so fast you never even saw them leave the holsters yeah that makes perfect sense and that also means that his thumbs are in perfect condition oh yeah absolutely and tracker tom had a bow with an actual piece of elastic string yeah he was i mean i wouldn't say successfully shot the arrows but like certainly a for efforts i mean just nice to have mixed medium on your toy and an actual stretchy string that you know doesn't like he he could draw it essentially he could be posed with it drawn or posed with it slack um or not slack still taut but you know what i mean like not drawn um, yeah. which is a posing option that you cannot emulate with a hard plastic molded string so once again guys I know I'm perhaps sympathy for the devil here or sympathy for the little guy, but like advantage call. I'm definitely gonna gonna say chalk that one up as a as a win for the generics. Well, I think if you put out so much stuff over so many over so much time, you're gonna have a couple <laughs> of eventually wins get it right. Away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those definitely. were definitely I mean that 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 line there was definitely a win. Um as as kind of like the the last gasp of uh, O ring construction for the core okay lightning round boys of all the toys that we have showcased here in episode 236 what is top of the pops for you in the core rob you go you knew i was gonna ask it you knew i was gonna (laughs) ask it come on where did i actually i think it would probably be tracker tom i think i like tracker tom not shooter sam and no, because Shooter Sam is is kind of generic, or at least he's kind of like a generic version of Wild Bill. But Tracker Tom is just uniquely himself. Um, I mean, they've made other other characters. I mean, kind of like uh, you know, they made the Indian, uh, the, well, the Native Americans. He, so he's the Native American guy, but they also made the other Indian guy, Ben Bengali or Bengal. Bengal. 
Um, yeah, the guy from like, India. Just, <laughs> he was actually from India, you know, not the fake Indians that Columbus thought he found. Um, I think he's just a really cool figure. Um, and he, he feels he feels appropriate. He feels... Um, he doesn't feel cheap or thin in places. Like, the core could have very thin arms, whereas Tracker Tom is a more substantial and, and well-sculpted toy. And the chest as well is really good. Right. Because if, mm. if you look at... If you look at um, if you look at Shooter, he has this thing that most core figures have is where the chest essentially goes straight up. It's, all, it's very much a triangle and it goes almost <laughs> unrealistically out where they, you know, where it really looks like a triangle, less than it does. Hi, like this is Arnold. <laughs> You're in They're a properly proportioned upper body. While, I have well, a small horse as a pet. Well, Chaka Tom, he actually looks like a proper person, I think. Um, and mm. the, the face sculpt is really good because I find with most core figures, the face sculpts are very generic or very basic. Um, you know, there's eyebrows, there's eyes, there's there's a nose, maybe a moustache, but it's not, <laughs> it's not, I, yeah, 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 it's generic. I, they've put the things there that need to be there for the face, but it doesn't have an expression or it doesn't have something unique to it. And I think Tracker Tom has one of the more unique faces from the core. Hmm. Lovely. Paul. Yeah. What say you, Paul? <gasps> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, Oh geez, here we go. All of uh, them, guys. <laughs> I'll always have a a very fond um, remembrance for Whispering Willy. I'll always love that toy, um, even more so after the the um, uh, after that uh, Call vs GI Joe play motion. The way that Steve characterized him, um, it'll be a forever set in my brain now. But I got to say, out of everything I've seen here, I love Whispering Willy and. I love this Lars laser. I actually want to try and get my hands on one for myself. That is definitely something that I, I would love to have in my collection. I think Lars laser looks so great. He just reminds me of the Doom guy, uh, you know, and Ice Cream Soldier. And it's just, it makes a whole lot of sense to me. And I just want this dude in my collection. I think I'm actually quite excited about this. Like, I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to get one. I'm going to get one. <laughs> um, and the price of Lars laser doubles in one fell swoop. Well done, G.I. Oh. Joe <laughs> <laughs> But also some notable mentions. Uh, and this is not like a favorite, but I just wanted to give him like just a little bit of a spot, uh, a spotlight. But I just want to let you guys know this for a long time was an impromptu Ryu. And I'm talking, of course, about Dragon Han. Um, <laughs> he huh? was uh, our impromptu Ryu figure in, um, in David and my playtime. Like, you know, he... He, I don't know, we just always saw him as Ryu and never saw him as anybody else, which is interesting because Dragon and Ryu, it's like pretty much they come from the same place name-wise. But anyway, I don't want to go into that too much. But uh, yeah, so that's, you know, notable mentions here. You know, Dragon Han uh, is a cool one as well. And I, and I wouldn't mind getting another shark back in my life. I think this is a great toy. Um, and and uh, for all the reasons that Stephen, uh, Stephen mentioned earlier with the, the goggles and the respirator or the rebreather or whatever it's called i'm not a diver and yeah so those are my like favorites and i don't know are we allowed to say something about a vehicle maybe absolutely no. are you kidding no. No, no. totally okay because i i actually really want to try and get that uh that technical that uh uh that just that jeep not the jeep the little like kind of bucky um truck the troop transport i would love to get my hands on one of those troop there we go. Carrier. Oh. 
the troop carrier. I'd like to get my hands on one of those. I think I could have a lot of fun with that. Um, be interesting to see what color I eventually get it in. And so, uh, so you guys know, as of this recording, I have somebody else's battle tank here in the studio studio with me that I'm going to be forwarding on to, to that guy um, because it was, he was bought, it was bought here locally in Johannesburg and I need to send it down to like uh, the garden route. <laughs> but um, it's funny the battle tank i don't regard as being a, a highlight it's just it's so cool busy i know it is very busy but if you but it's very toyetic there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of fun stuff happening i'm seeing it with with newer eyes and i'm appreciating mm. it but i don't necessarily have to have it in my life but the troop carrier i do have to have in my life that's something that's got to find its way to me um yeah that okay. that would be my core wish list <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't finish our, our time here without highlighting the vehicle that usurped the Cobra Bug for me. <laughs> that thing was a mainstay of play. As I said in the episode, like anytime we encountered a waterway on our kind of jungle treks, hey Rob, this thing would be patrolling it. It would be a constant threat or a vehicle to sneak up on common deer and use to penetrate the enemy's jungle HQ. So this thing saw a fabulous amount of use. Um, I, yeah, I have no regrets that I picked it up in lieu of the bug. Because fortunately I got around to getting the bug anyway. Hey. But I'd be remiss, yeah. boys, if I didn't mention the ATK vehicle. AKA the Hummer that the core produced. Yeah. Which and I have that blows the G.I. Joe Hammer to bits mm. hot takes baby this thing is amazing it it is so amazing general motors i think it's general motors i don't know whoever does the hummer took lenard to court over it what? and even though even though lenard won the case they eventually pulled it from market because they they figured too much heat like we, we we're chancing um with this vehicle so it isn't you know it, it was i think it had a product run of maybe three or four years and then never returned to retail but for oh man thank our lucky stars rob we got this thing man and mm. can i just sing its praises okay the front bonnet is hinged Steve, i have one sorry oh you do yeah, yes hey. one. i yeah. gave you one hey yes. i'm the man anyways <laughs> hinged front hood with engine detail beneath painted uh opening doors times two okay the the back two doors are not functional but i mean what you're gonna do uh this is made in the late 90s there were no doors on the gi joe hammer but here's the real clincher for me it has glass front okay it doesn't have side windows but how else would you get those doors open if you couldn't poke your fingers through? Uh, yeah. But the front has a windshield. windshield. The front has a windshield, a windscreen. Windshield. Not only that, but it's got a sticker of bullet impacts on the windshield. I mean, I mean, the features just keep going on and on and on. Like it's got twin 50 cals mounted on top with two portholes that don't have hatches that occupants can op operate those from. But then it does have a hatch on the roof that you can pop guys in and out of who can then operate the centrally located spotlight. Non-functional, but like a molded spotlight. Awesome. Uh, 
It came with a spring-loaded missile launcher, forgettable, and a removable antenna, which is a lot more rugged than the hammer's antenna. And the back area is open with foot pegs, so you can mount guys in there too. It's just all around a terrific vehicle and a beautifully scaled and proportioned emulation of the hammer. I mean, the hammer. <laughs> Whereas G.I. Joe's hammer, I think it's slightly over, well, not slightly overdesigned. It's overscaled and definitely overdesigned. This thing is perfection. Okay, that's all I have to say about that. Coolness. Shall yeah, we rip oh, open oh. Postbox the Pit? Gentlemen? Yeah, we do, because I believe we have a message there. Oh, Why? yeah. Hello, G.I. Joeberg, and thank you, Paul, for asking my opinions on Falcon. As you know, Falcon is my favorite action figure. I just love version one. I love the camo. I love the green beret. I love his shotgun. His backpack is amazing with the removable knife, and the I love the radio on the back end of it. So I think it's hard to outdo version one. Night Force is cool, and even the uh, Sonic Fighters with the gray and black digital camo is cool. But the Chinese Falcon's pretty cool too. It's funny though, because it looks like Flint so much, but it looks like a young figure. For some reason, that Falcon looks younger to me. But if I had that Flint, Tiger Force Flint, and I had the that Falcon, they definitely would be going on missions together. And since I'm talking to you guys, I can like to throw in my uh, pick for my favorite yellow G.I. Joe. And my favorite yellow G.I. Joe is a very worn Storm Shadow. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, Troy. Uh, so that was a voice note that he sent to a real South African hero at gmail.com. If you'd like to get hold of the show, that is exactly what you ought to do. Or just drop down in the comment section and perhaps we'll read out your comment on a future show. But yeah, man, he uh, he makes a good point. Chinese Tiger Force Falcon slash Flint does look a lot more youthful. He does. Definitely we spoke about it at the like... time. I, th I think it has to do with like, it's Falcon's face, which is always a young looking head sculpt. Perhaps too cherubic for my liking. Like I would prefer Falcon to, Falcon to look a little bit more rugged. But anyways, it's a it's a baby face kind of head sculpt, and then you marry it with that marry it to that like plunging neckline and massive chest of that 1991 Dusty, and the result is like, yeah, this guy just stepped off the the field from the, the under 18s rugby team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for GI Joe now. <laughs> yeah, just after I have my orange slices, please, coach. Yeah. <laughs> after the match, do you think we can go clap a beer? Yeah. Uh, at the at the spur there by Newlands. Oh wait, it's closed. Boo! It's closed now. Oh, Damn no. it! I was looking forward to a chick at the cloud. Robert, <laughs> I hate that. That sucks. That does suck. It sucks big time, dude. Uh, apparently, if you go into the the waterfront, it will it will hurt you um, mm. because a lot of stuff there is just gone. Shattered. Yeah. Cinemas, uh. there's no more cinemas at the waterfront. There's no more cinemas in town except the Labia. So the Labia is the only place you can go to here. And then the next closest is probably either Canal Walk or Claremont. If you want to go to the cinema. This commercial cinema. Oh, yeah, yeah, Well, let's what pull some positives out of 236, our core adventure. It seems certainly amongst at least the Bergforce, we've got some guys who... Uh, are probably going to be picking up some core 
anytime soon. Gaz and Mark might be shopping for these core figures. Uh, Mark particularly has his eye on the boat. He passed on it once and now regrets it. <laughs> yep. G.I. Joburg upping the value of the uh, lesser liked Joe vehicle. Oh, core vehicles. The competition. The competition. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, uh, you're welcome. Um, hopefully, these can still be inexpensively bought. Uh, I know my cyber trooper is costing me the princely sum of, I think, $10, if that. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. Happy I'm, days. That's like... Australian, right? 10 Australian, that's 100 Rand, which well, makes it the most expensive core thing. figure I've ever bought. <laughs> I, probably, I, I probably bought those 12 packs like for 50 Rand each back in the day. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Definitely did. I'm cherry picking now. Um, hell, the boats and the vehicles probably cost less than 100 Rand back in the day. Yeah. Inflation, eh? Yes. Anyways, gents, we've come to the end of another adventure. Catch you next week. Once again, Absolutely. if you'd like to join these incredible members of the Berg Force, you know what to do. You can find our Patreon, patreon.com slash Joburg. What extras might you stand in line to get as a member of the Berg Force? Could you get some discount merch? Yes, you can. Heck yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, oh my God, I want that shit. <laughs> and that, that hoodie. Oh, that hoodie. I want that mask. <laughs> and without further ado, I think it's a hearty yo Joburg, and we are out. 236, the corpse is dead. <laughs> the corpse <laughs> is, no, is very much alive. About. Man. Leonard, we hope you hear us. Maybe you want to give us <laughs> some. Maybe like, we become the, the GI, GI core. I don't know. Dude, I think it would be very cool. I think it'd be so cool if somebody from the Nod reaches out to us and is like, yeah, I'd love to speak about the core. Then we can talk about the core a little more. I'd love to uh, sponsor you in a couple of episodes. So. Mm. Why not? Yep. Core Town. That's us. That could be fun. Core Town? Cape Town? Hey, core Town. Hey, uh -huh. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh -oh. right. Without further ado, yo, Joe. Joe. Burr. Burr. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs>